They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinion. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of our podcast. This is Aiden speaking and I am joined today by... This is Thomas. And this is Parker. So today's episode is mostly going to be some NBA Finals predictions, but we're also going to go into some littler topics before we get into our whole Finals predictions. So the first thing that we are going to get into is some head coaching stuff. So one of the main things that did come out recently is that D'Antoni is the leading candidate for the 76ers. We were just talking about it as a group earlier that like how we feel D'Antoni's probably like the worst coach the Sixers can get. Just the way, the style of play that he has, just running up and down the floor, shooting threes, the Sixers are not built for that at all. Simmons barely shoots and also D'Antoni hates big men and Embiid's literally the focal point of that whole team. Where would you guys like D'Antonio to land? Is there an ideal fit for him? It's hard for an ideal fit for him. One team that could maybe do it is the Pacers, maybe. Or else you also have the Pelicans, but they would still they would need to do some work there at the Pelicans to make it fit his style. Yeah, I don't really know any teams that would come in and be productive right off D'Antoni's style right away because a lot of these teams don't have those pieces that they had down that then Tony had down in Houston. So it'd just be kind of interesting seeing what happens. And no matter where he goes, it's going to be probably rebuilding year one or two for his offense there. Well, still, I also think the thing with D'Antoni is, like, if I'm the Sixers, I don't really want him because I, he's not proven that he's a championship-level coach. He proves that he can do good in the regular season and can fill his stat sheet up. But when it comes to the playoff, he's never reached the finals ever in his career, even though he's had – Plenty enough teams that are capable of winning championship, but he never did. That's a really good point. I think that's what separates him like with the top tier coaches in this league is his inability to get to the championship and win one. You see other coaches that can do it, and he hasn't been able to. Like Aiden said, the regular seasons are there, the stats are there, the records are there, but like other than that, he's not winning in the playoffs, and you're not going to stick around too long if you're not doing that. And then also, you also have Ty Lue, who's getting considered for a couple of jobs. He would be better than Tony, but I still don't think he's the right guy, really, for the 76ers either. He will help the locker room a little bit, but I don't think he'll help just make the team better, really. He's not an X's and O's guy, really, and I don't think that will help the team. Yeah, I think we saw in Cleveland that, that that's not his forte. He's more of a player's coach, get the players playing the way they should, and but he's not going to be a schemer or anything. Uh, head coaching job that's open for the 76ers right now. Uh, I don't really know what kind of coach really should go there personally. Something that has to be kind of like this old school mix, but has to blend in with the new because you have Embiid, which is a true big. Then you have Ben Simmons, which is a power point guard, hardly shoots the ball and can drive. So you have to kind of find out how to mix those two together. Otherwise, you have to get rid of one of the two in order to make this team work. Yeah, you still have a bunch of head coaching openings. You still also have the Houston Rockets. They're open right now. It sounds like they're trying to get 
Van Gundy back, and they're also might be interviewing former assistant Sam Cassell for the Clippers. Then, like I said earlier, there's also the Pelicans job that is open as well. But one job that was just recently filled was the Chicago Bulls when they hired Billy Donovan. He was actually a like a finalist, I think they said, in the Sixers job, but he took the Bulls. I think it's a great hire for the Bulls, way better than Jim Boylan. And I think you're going to see some more college stuff with him, developing players and stuff like that with this Bulls team. I was incredibly surprised that the Thunder decided to let Billy Donovan go. I thought he had a great year with that team, but I think he fits the Bulls perfectly. They have a young core that they need to develop in Wendell Carter, Levine, Markkanen, Kobe Kobe White. White. Yep. So I think he's the right guy for that coming from the college ranks. He knows how to develop players and and take them to the next level. So I think it's a great hire for the Bulls. And then another job that is also open is the Pacers. They've had a plethora of candidates. I've heard they were they had a list of like 20 or so, and now they're finally trimming it down to like 10. But there's a lot of interesting candidates for them as well. As we mentioned before, D'Antoni is, is being considered. One name that is being considered that's kind of interesting in my book is Chauncey Billups. He was rumored a couple times to maybe take the jam of the Cavs job, but now it sounds like he's interested in coaching, especially that Indiana job. Well, Chauncey's really just like a smart player, and I think he can probably be a good head coach at some point, but I do question whether or not. Um, I'm just going to stop where I was just at. Um, some breaking news just came in. Um, Doc Rivers and the Clippers um, parted ways, I guess, really. Wow, that's that's a shocker. Yeah. I don't know. People expected them to go to the finals. They didn't. But Doc Rivers is still one of the better coaches in the NBA, and I'm still surprised that they're letting him go. This so far right now baffles me because, like, they were super close. They still have a really good team, and it was just a bad playoff run. But, like, that could have been from a lot of different things. And I think Rivers was overall the right guy. So I'm just – I'm kind of in, like, shock right now just – him getting let go like that like rivers has plenty of options out there to go to one thing i'd also like to bring up is what do the clippers do so right now you can say that they have two assistants on their bench who definitely can be head coaches for him and ty Lue and sam cassell so we'll see about that and then rivers i think he would be a great fit with the pelicans if i'm the pelicans that's the guy i would want i think he could help develop that team help develop that core and i think he'd be a great coach for him so do you think the Clippers look for an internal hire now or maybe look external? Well, really, is like, is there really, who's going to, like, move that? No coach out there is going to move the needle, I'd say, out there for hire. That's better than Doc Rivers, really. I don't want, I'd rather have Doc Rivers than D'Antoni. So I think, yeah, they're probably just going to go with a more players coach because I don't think they need that much X's and O's because of how good their team is constructed. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go out and hire anyone. I think they're going to hire uh, or just promote Trey Lou or Sam Cassell to the new coach because they know the players. They've been working with them. They know how this team runs. And I think if they can get one of those two in there and push them through and get a little more motivated, there's no reason why they shouldn't come back and win this playoffs next year. Yeah, this is definitely a bold mood by them. Um, Ballmer's just showing that he wants to win. We'll see. I would not be shocked if he tries to get – Van Gundy out of ESPN, maybe. Maybe that's a decent hire. He is the richest donor in the NBA, so he definitely has enough money to pay who whoever he wants. 
Yeah, it's kind of a statement to, to Clippers fans. Like, we want this. We want to win now. And if Doc Rivers isn't the guy to get it done, we're, we're not going to sit and have him be our coach. So I think it could be a statement from Ballmer as well. Breaking news of Doc Rivers, we were talking about the Pacers a little bit. One thing we wanted to segue in for the Pacers was that Victor Odipo is looking to get traded. He realizes his time is up, and it looks like the Pacers don't really want to pay him that much. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, with he's had injury injuries in the past and just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So that's probably the main main reason that they're looking to part ways. Yeah, and I think there's plenty of options for them to trade him to. I don't believe he has that much value as people might think he does. Like, Bleacher Report just stopped posting trades about Oladipo getting traded for the first overall pick. Like, that's literally horrible. I don't know what the Raiders are thinking there. But some fits are. I do think he could fit with the T-Wolves. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think we could we could tie in our, I think, the 17th overall pick into a deal like that. But it wouldn't work for the first pick. Definitely not. But no. if we could tie in the 17th pick and Culver or something, I think we could get him. Another team I'd like to throw out there is the Heat. I think he'd fit that team perfectly. They could build a package around Nunn and maybe Duncan Robinson. And then some other teams, you're going to see the Milwaukee Bucks probably at least look into it. Another team that I think he'd be a great fit for is by far the Denver Nuggets. I think he'd fit perfectly next to Jamal Murray, improve their defense overall, and also get a third scoring option in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think that'd be a, a great fit if the Nuggets were able to somehow work that out. They definitely would push themselves to the next level. Uh, I was surprised in how well they performed in this bubble and showing them that they were potential contenders for the title. And if they could get Oladipo, they're definitely going to be the, one of the top two three teams in the West next year. So right now, would, Oladipo, would teams be buying low on Oladipo? I think Is, they might have a high price tag, but I think... I think the buy-in's got to be low at this point. It is kind of low, but still not like his peak value. Like, if I were the Pacers, like, my my goal of this whole thing would probably to try to get a draft pick from either, like, 10 to 15. Like, that's what I think his value is right now. But still, there's not that many teams within that range that you can get that pick for. Do you think the Pacers need, like, a total rebuild, or can they, like, kind of retool? Because they do have Sabonis and Turner. Those are nice pieces for them. It's interesting with the Pacers. Um, I think they're one of the more interesting teams in the NBA. What I think they should do is this offseason is kind of like what I would try to do actually is try to get Bradley Beal on that team. And I think they should also trade Miles Turner. I think they should roll with either Turner or Sabonis as the starting center and move TJ Warren to the four. Yeah, kind of pick one of them. Yeah, I think that will benefit them the most. The one thing that they do have to worry about if they do trade Oladipo and maybe Miles Turner is the defense then, because they'll have Sabonis and TJ Warren at your 4 and 5, and they are not very good defensively. But they do have Brogdon, who's still pretty good defensively. But the Pacers are in a tricky situation. They really just have to trade for, I don't know, they just had to trade for somebody who stands out. Sabonis did have a good year, but he definitely isn't going to be your first scoring option on a championship team. Yeah, I would definitely say the Pacers aren't too far away. They're, they're there. They just had... They just have to add some more pieces, but like I don't think they need to rebuild or anything at this point. All right, and then now I think we're just going to get right into what everybody probably clicked on this episode for, and that's for our NBA Finals predictions. 
The Lakers won in five against the Nuggets. The Nuggets were unable to come back from 3-1 again, even though they were down 3-1. And the Heat were able to beat the Celtics in six. Um, Tyler Hero showed out for him in that series. It's going to be a very fun, very fun NBA Finals. I just wanted to kind of take a second to talk about the Heat-Celtics Eastern Conference Finals. I was super impressed with the Heat and their ability to come back. The Celtics had... In probably three games, 10-point leads in the Heat bounce back. So that's how they took that series, and it was just it was a great series for the Heat. Uh, yeah, this Heat-Lakers matchup is going to be uh, very interesting to watch. I think it's going to be back and forth, like literally every other game. So I think whoever takes the first game is going to win the finals here. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be the Lakers in seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat some, somehow came out and made it because they have plenty of pieces out there, plenty of players that can do many different things. Bold prediction for this series. Uh, I think playoff Rondo is going to show up because he's probably going to have to show up to if the Lakers want to win. I think he will, and he's just going to go off. I bet he's going to average just under a triple-double for the whole season or whole series. Yeah, he's definitely been showing out in the playoffs. He came alive in that Rockets series. He, sh- he regressed a little bit in the Nuggets series, but he was still out there making some plays and assisting all the people out there. With the Lakers lacking some depth at the guard, he's definitely stepped up huge for them. He's given them good defense, rebounds. He just plays hard. He he grinds out. And so I, I think he's definitely going to be have to come up huge in this series. My bold prediction of this series is really that Anthony Davis is not going to rebound well. He did not rebound like at all in games 2-5 to five in the Nuggets series. I believe he only averaged like three rebounds a game in between those games, which is mind-boggling to me. And I think the Heat can construct a plan to limit Davis and James, and that's why I have the Heat winning this in six. Yeah, Davis not getting rebounds was like super surprising to me. I'm not sure why. I'm not really sure where their rebounds are coming from then because he's kind of like their only big man. They kind of have JaVale McGee, but... Yeah, especially in that series. They had Davis play a lot of the five, but he did not rebound well. All right, so my bold prediction for the series is that Tyler Hero will lead the Heat in scoring. He had a huge series against the Celtics. He's just on the up and up right now, and he can score from really anywhere, mostly threes in mid-range, but like he can drive to the basket, and he's going to have a huge series, I think. And let's just talk about this, like, defensively and offensively, really, just for both teams. I think the Heat actually match up pretty well against the Lakers. I think they do have people who can guard LeBron. They're not going to limit LeBron. Nobody can really limit LeBron. They can help play harder defense on him, really, because they'll have Jimmy Butler guarding him primarily the, the whole series. They'll also have Dre Crowder also guarding him, and off their bench, they do have Iguodala who can also guard him. Yeah, Iguodala has shown in the past that he can shut down LeBron in all those Cavs Warriors series. With the Heat having this many um, players that can play defense and stuff, you can't really stop LeBron and Davis from getting their points. They're going to get their points no matter what you do. So if you can limit those two people, let slow them down else. a little, but they're going to still score points, slow them down, take away, let's say, six points from Rondo and four points from Kuzma and so on and so forth, they're definitely going to be short points, and that's how the Heat are going to win this. Yeah, make their other players beat you, really. They need Caruso to step up more. They need Kuzma to step up. They need Danny Green to make some three-pointers for once. 
make those guys beat you, not LeBron and AD. And the Heat, I think Bam and Abayo is going to be a great matchup against Anthony Davis. I'm going to be happy to see what happens there because Bam is a very great defender. He helped stop Giannis in the second round. I think that's going to be a very fun matchup to watch. Yeah, I'm expecting just an all-out team effort from the Heat. That's how they win games. They play team ball. They share it. They guard. And that's just how they're going to have to beat this Lakers team. If you can make Anthony Davis and LeBron the only ones that are scoring against you, then you're going to win if you're playing five on two. My last uh, two cents here for this Heat-Lakers matchup um, is that the reason I think the Lakers are going to win is because they have players that have been there before. They know how to prepare for a finals. They know how to play in the finals. They have people that have been there like LeBron, Rondo, so Danny, do the Heat. Danny Green. So do the Heat. Who they have that's been in the finals? Wig- I mean, Iguodala, sorry. Um, they have a bunch of veterans. I think they're going to be – this is going to be probably one of the more physical finals we've had in a while. Like, this kind of reminds me of a little bit of, like, Pistons or Bulls series, kind of. I think it's going to be a very physical series, and I think it's going to be one heck of a matchup to watch. Yeah, I'm going to be watching Jimmy Butler because he he just plays his ass off all the time. He plays hard. He's going to he's gonna go play for play with LeBron. He's going to try to shut him down, and he's just a competitor. So I love watching Jimmy Butler play, and I think he's going to have to have a big series for them. He's probably the most misunderstood player of, of our time, I'd say. Yeah, people kind of think that he's like a hothead, arrogant guy, but he's just a leader. He gets He's a winner. He's a winner. He works hard. He wants the best out of everybody. His just personality gets kind of rubs some people the wrong way, but he's still... He demands a lot out of his team, like his teammates. Yeah, I would agree with all that. But the one thing you guys are missing here, why Gene Butler is probably one of the misunderstood players of this time, is because he likes country music, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Another thing to point out, in my opinion, is that I think another reason why the Heat winning is because I think Eric Spolstra is going to outcoach the heck out of Frank Vogel. Spolstra, to me, is probably the top three coach in the NBA right now. His defensive adjustments and stuff like that are just next level, and which is why I think they can have they can find a way to stop the Lakers. I think you're going to see some zone defense from them too a little bit and make their shooters shoot. But yeah, I think Spolstra is going to help lead this Heat team to a championship. Yeah, that's a really good point. Vogel isn't really he doesn't really need to coach that much on the Lakers. They have LeBron, who's basically the coach of that team. He's like the coach of every team he's been on. So Vogel's like just kind of in there to keep the chemistry good and stuff. But like Aiden said, Spolstra is going to be the better coach in this series for sure. The Heat have one heck of a playoff run, and the Lakers have been favorites from day one. It's going to be a very interesting NBA Finals, and I'm glad it occurred. I'm glad the bubble happened, really. Yeah, it was a long, long NBA season because of covid and everything and i think it's going to be wrapped up with a really good series so i'm just excited to watch and i hope you guys watch as well after the finals it's going to be free agency and the draft one big news thing that came out today was that a bleacher report analyst i think jonathan wiseman or something. wiseman jonathan wiseman jonathan wiseman he came out with a report today saying that the t-wolves are actually leaning towards lamello ball over Anthony Edwards, which I do not understand at all. The fit with him with Cat and D'Lo is just horrible. None of them play defense at all. 
Edwards is such a better fit for him, and I think Lamelo might have more potential than Edwards, but I think Anthony Edwards is just way better fit on the T-Wolves than Lamelo. When I first saw this report, I was kind of shocked because I had heard previous reports say that it was for sure Anthony Edwards, and then now they're saying that it could be Lamelo Ball. I see why he's he's in my opinion the best player in this draft, talent wise, and I think you got to kind of take the best player when you have number one. One thing that people have kind of been saying is that they doubt Edwards' drive and his motivation, and they're not a little unsure of whether he's super motivated and if he's like if he's a winner. That's like the main question about him, and I think that might be scaring off the Wolves considering they need to start winning games, and, and they've drafted guys in the past that weren't big winners either, so... Well, I think even Edwards will help him win now more than Lamelo. I think it'll take Lamelo a little bit more years to develop into the superstar that he can definitely be. But I think Edwards is a better fit now for him as well to help him win games. Yeah, I kind of see it both ways here. Uh, I like Edwards as a better fit, but yeah, I, Melo is definitely the best player in this draft class, I think. Uh, if the Wolves take Melo, uh, good for them. If they don't, oh well, they get another top player. If they don't end up trading it, which still could possibly happen. If the Wolves do take Melo here, I think it's going to be some kind of a PR thing because it's LaMelo Ball. Everyone knows who LaMelo Ball is, and they want to sell tickets because Minnesota sports aren't always the greatest. But, oh well, we still watch them. Yeah, it could definitely be a way to sell tickets for this team. It's unfortunate for the Wolves that they got the first overall pick this year because there isn't, like, a clear-cut number one guy. So they have been interested. I'm pretty sure they've been... Uh, entertaining the fact of trading this pick, but like it's going to be hard because no teams want to trade up to take an uncertain number one overall pick. So they're kind of in a tough spot. So I can see how they're they're kind of scrambling to figure out who to take. Another what Parker was saying earlier about the PR reasons for getting Lamelo, I also see that a little bit here. I can also see it the owner trying to push that down so they can sell the team for more because Melo is definitely going to be an attraction. It'll draw fans there. It'll even draw some bandwagoners, people like that. I think he could help increase the worth of that team. Yeah, just his family in general. They're like a celebrity family, basically. So it just it can bring a lot of hype to a team, and that, that can be important for the Timberwolves in a, lo- in a small market. So that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Meteor Sports Opinions. And remember, your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Eden 6.